Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on The Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding! How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Jared Weiss. I am joined by the Athletics Wolves writer, John Krasinski. We have Andrew Schleck producing the show. And John, it's perfect time to talk to you because Ant is the talk of the basketball world right now. He's been incredible for Team USA. He's kind of emerging as a face for the national team and obviously pretty soon a face of the NBA. Yeah, it's kind of funny, Jared, because he they got to Vegas to start working out with Team USA, and it looked like in the early going that there were kind of four starters set, and Anthony Edwards wasn't one of them. And when we heard sort of some of that uh, analysis coming out very, very early in this whole situation, back here in Minnesota where Ant is loved like very few other Timberwolves have ever been, um, there was a bit of a mini riot here. Like, how could you, how could they not recognize that Ant is the man? And I think it hasn't taken very long for him to really assert himself as the go-to guy on Team USA. And that's what a lot of people here expected kind of from a fan base. But certainly, I think even within the organization, they knew that once the teammates were around him, once his personality started to shine through, and then once we, he got on the court, and started doing his thing that people would fall in line behind him and that sure seems like what's happening right now go uh, you know on the eve of the world cup um this is ant's team and that's kind of what everyone around here expected to happen it, you had this great story coming out of vegas where we're all there we're trying to find something interesting <laughs> and ant gets his deal while he's out there fortifying him as the face of the franchise something that I assume is a little bit contentious or at least a little bit. There's, there's a lot to discuss there, but tell us more about the story that you put together. And I guess just the whole experience of watching Ant ascend both within the organization and the basketball world in general. Yeah, Jared. So he, uh, he signs his max contract extension in July or the, when, when he, when, um, when he was eligible for coming off of that rookie deal. And, if he makes all NBA coming up, it'd be a $260 million contract, which would be the biggest in Timberwolves history. Um, all of these things that are kind of falling into place for Anthony Edwards coming off of a very good third season, especially given his performance in the playoffs, both against Memphis a year ago and then against Denver this last uh, this last spring. You know, Anthony Edwards really played well and. And so he gets this this contract extension and they had a a press conference to unveil it in Las Vegas at Summer League, where he kind of started to share some of his thoughts and reflections on how far he's come and what has, you know, kind of what he's thinking about as he gets ready to go into the next phase of his career. And the first thing that he mentioned was that you know he had to thank his older brother Bubba, who is always around him in Minnesota, 
um, you know, just part of a very tight circle that he has surrounded himself with um, of, of people who support him. And he said that, you know, the reason that he started playing basketball was because his brother did it. Uh, he Ant was a big football player when he was young and in youth football, and that was his favorite sport. It's what he loved to do. It's what he was really good at. But he saw how much love his brother had for the game and wanted to be like big brother. And so he's telling this story and I look over and I see Bubba sitting kind of off to the side watching it all happen. And so naturally after the press conference was over, I just went over and talked to to Bubba for a little while and had him reflect a little bit on it. And he was very um, open and, um, and honest just about what it was like to watch his little brother not only ascend to where he has been uh, ascending as a player, but to see the organization uh, throw everything they have behind him. And then also to just to hear, you know, Anthony really kind of just illustrate to the world who was that was listening, just what an impact that that Bubba had on him. And so, um, you know, kind of really tried to dive into that dynamic and how important that family element is for Anthony who, you know, Anthony and Bubba lost their grandmother and their, and their mother when they were, when Anthony was 14 years old. And so they've kind of been, you know, leaning on each other through this whole thing. And so, um, it was really kind of a, a touching tale, um, that kind of spun out of the, the commerce and the cold business of the NBA. It's funny. Cause there's this, there's this quote in here from Chris Finch who says, money often makes you a more exaggerated version of who you really are. He's genuine and he's real. And it was funny you mentioned the football thing because I remember that quote before the draft where people are starting to question, is this guy somebody you want to build around? Where he's like, what was what was the quote exactly? I can't remember exactly. What it, was. Uh, it, it, it was it was basically it was less a, an exact quote, but more yeah. He he, he said in, in a story with ESPN that football was his his sport. He loved football. He you know um and um and the the whole story was basically constructed around the interaction that the reporter had with ant on one or two occasions and um and and there was real sort of concern about hey is this guy really in it does he love the game does he does he want to be great at basketball and what would is there enough desire there to merit a number one overall pick and one thing about that I've learned about being around Anthony for the last three years is there are days where he's just not super engaged in the media side of things. It's not that big of a deal to him. Um, he kind of wants to get in and get out of things. And when that happens, it can come off sometimes like, you know, like he's just, you know, not interested in the game or he doesn't want to kind of really dive into uh, breaking down things and, and, and all of that. And I think that there was just a, you know, one of those days for him with that reporter who asked him and he's like, ah, you know, I kind of, I like football, you know, you know, I, I, I don't watch too much basketball. I don't do all the, and, and that sent off a lot of red flags for the reporter and certainly anyone who read that story. But the more that you're around and, um, it, it was quickly apparent when he arrived in Minnesota as a rookie that, um, this was not a situation of a, of a young, young player who, didn't really like the game he's just an athlete like he he's an ultra competitive he really likes it he really pours you know everything that he has into it and he wants to be great and so um but yes that that story right before the draft and that interaction and 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 those comments 
definitely did have a lot of people concerned about were they getting Andrew Wiggins 2.0, you know, something like that. And and so that would lower the ceiling on Ant, and it turns out it couldn't be further from the truth. I also think there's a misconception about the fact that these guys watch so much tape as part of their prep, prep work that a lot of people want to take a break to have some sort of balance. Like they don't need to watch the game that's on that night for fun when they've already just spent like two hours watching basketball earlier in the day anyway. So like I get that, like when I'm on my leisure time, I'm watching more soccer, or F1 or golf or tennis or something like that than basketball because I already watch basketball like four or five hours a day for a living anyway. So I think that yeah. probably got spun a little out of control. But, For sure. And, and I, and I do think like, I think Ant watches games too. I mean, but like, I just think that day he just didn't want to talk about it. And, yeah. and, you know, at the time he was 18 years old, 19 years old and, um, and still very new in the media game and the interactions and what, you know, your words can be construed as. And, um, and so it just kind of was maybe a learning lesson for him through that. But, uh, just, just, a, it was just a young kid who just had one of those days like, ah, I'm, I'm not really into this and I'm not going to give you a whole lot to work with. Well, it's funny because this goes back to that quote from Finch saying he's genuine and he's real is really? something that I don't know if the public will notice as much, but we notice it because we're in these press conferences and scrums all the time is a big part of being a, a professional athlete is saying the same thing over and over and finding ways to answer questions without answer, answering questions. And it's a reason why a lot of rookies come into the league and they're pretty quiet because it takes it's it's overwhelming for one to do a press conference where you're speaking live and you can say one thing in the moment and that's going to live on forever and the whole world's going to see it and whatever context or correction you want to apply it's not going to matter so it's a ton of pressure it takes a while to be ready to handle that kind of pressure and so seeing ant go from where he started to now like clearly being a bona fide elite prospect going to be the face of the sport for a long time and him having this press conference moment you putting the story together what i guess how how smooth was the maturation process and where do you think he is on that trajectory now yeah it, it was you know remember like as a rookie he came in the the pandemic year and so all of our interactions with him were via zoom um and so there was very little sort of one-on-one -on -one, whether or just even in group settings in a locker room um after a practice with reporters in in front of him um it was all kind of w under with the veil of a screen between between us but i do think that one of the things that you did see early on was that in terms of building off what chris finch said about his genuineness is that uh he was very endearing early because whatever was in his head came out of his mouth. And like, you knew that what he was answering, the questions that he was answering is exactly what he thought um, in that moment. And he was very charming and he was very charismatic and, um, and he did a really good job of just letting his personality flow through, even in those impersonal interactions that we all had during that season, you you still could see the layers uh, of Anthony Edwards, which was really encouraging, but then as as he's gotten more comfortable and and has a, even a greater understanding of how the machine works like there are days where he he knows what questions are going to be asked he knows how to sort of sidestep the landmines that are coming and he also knows how to uh speak up for mostly other teammates he he is kind of really over the last year or so 
when he's at his best with with interviews is when he is talking about teammates. He doesn't really like answering questions about himself a lot. Um, you know, he will engage on on, on that front sometimes, but um, if you really want the light to come on with him, it's it's really when he gets a chance to speak about what Jaden McDaniels is doing, what Carl Anthony Towns is doing, Rudy Gobert, all, all these things, and and trying to, he understands that people look to him and that he has a lot of credibility in the public sphere. And so he believes that if he speaks up for his teammates, that will help them in the public eye. And I think he's really savvy with that and he understands it a lot more. And, and, and so he's more um, aggressive in doing that, which I think is pretty good for his role as, as an emerging leader on this team. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. All right, let's let's talk about maybe you know I know Anthony Edwards wanted to play football, but there was a very important tackle that happened on the court this year <laughs> with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Can you walk us through the story of Pierre Felix? Yeah, so uh, it, right around January, uh, we dropped the story about Pierre Felix, who is a um, a security guard for you know the Minnesota Timberwolves, and for a long, long time had been a security guard at Target Center before he was hired to to uh kind of be though more on the Timberwolves staff and during the playoffs against the Memphis Grizzlies a year ago uh he got a little bit of a time to shine when a protester tried to get out onto the court during a game between the Grizzlies and the Wolves and and tried to protest um the treatment of chickens on Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor's farms um and and so um this had been a recurring issue for the Timberwolves in the last couple of weeks of the season then leading into the playoffs it's, you know there's been there had been other protests that had happened during the game one one woman glued her hand to the court and um and and you know all is trying to make statements ag- against what was happening on Glenn Taylor's farms well um, in this particular game, a woman was sitting right behind Glenn Taylor, which is right next to the Timberwolves bench, and tried to get out onto the court and and have another demonstration. Well, Pierre Felix was sitting right behind Glenn Taylor as well and was watching her the whole way. And she got tried to get out on the f- floor, and Pierre was on her super quickly, like before she even had a second foot on the court. Pierre had tackled her, brought her down, and and subdued her, and 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 kind of let the let the game go on. Um, so when that happened, 
I really did want to kind of figure out a little bit more, tell people a little bit more about this person who who was in the media spotlight uh, during the playoffs. And uh, he was very reticent to engage in anything right away because he was getting inundated with so many different uh, outlets reaching out to him and trying to interview him and and make him famous and all these things. And uh, after several months, the, as everything died down, I finally was able to kind of convince him to sit down and talk to me about his whole story. And and what you found out is that he's just he's so much more than just a security guard um, for for the team. He grew up in Chicago. Um, his family had a very difficult life down there. They moved to Minneapolis um, and he and his friends would sneak into Target Center when they were young and watch games and they'd get chased around by the security guards and tried tried to, you know, kind of kick them back out of there. And one night um, they, they got caught again and um and the the head of security at that time for the timberwolves named bob getters who still is is on staff with the timberwolves comes in and pierre thinks they're cooked they're going they're going to jail they're going you know they're going to get uh kind of railroaded here and bob getters looked at him and his friends and said you know hey and handed them some tickets and said here if you want to come to the game don't sneak into the game just call me and I'll get you tickets to the game. And um, and they were shocked by just the 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 gesture on on Bob Getter's part. And um, so they came to games regularly then for the next couple of years. And then Pierre eventually was hired on as security at Target Center, then hired on again as as security with the Timberwolves, and and has been there for for a very long time now. I think almost twenty years. And so uh, just a, an incredible story not just of the moment and the act itself, but certainly also um, of all of the little things that happened to lead him up to being in that position in the first place. It's, I think what's interesting about the story, it's two things. One, you did it well after the event had died down and left the news cycle and then brought so much depth that it made it make sense. Um, But also that the story isn't really about that moment. It's about like you said, everything that led up to that moment. And I think a lot of people will look at it as wanting to write about like the security protocols and the protests and all that stuff. But you're like, you know what? This person did something interesting. Let's just find out everything about this person, especially because they were such a random and anonymous person to step into like the national spotlight. So I guess, why did you want to do the story the way you did it, where it's really a deep dive into his, what turned out to be really fascinating story and almost ironic story, considering he was the one sneaking in and breaking the right. rules and then he went from being it's like uh like frank abagnale from catch yes. if you can where he went from <laughs> being a con artist to helping the fbi find con artists you know that kind of thing so what why did you want to do it this way and then how long did you have to wait to put it together and then when you finally got a chance to so far down the road did it change the way you wanted to tell the story um yeah i i would say like for those who are kind of familiar with how i do things uh i always kind of joke but i like I write long form Hallmark cards. Like that's my favorite thing to do. Like I like, emo- I like emotion. I like family. I like those things. I'm not, you know, I'm not on synergy sports, like, you know, breaking down, you know, pick and roll coverages and things like that as much. Sounds I'm just, like that's me. not, that, that's not my, that's not my, my strength. And that's your strength. And that's so many others are great at it. That's just not me. Like I, I want to, I, I, I try to find ways for uh, my, my goal, especially with a story like this, 
is like I wanted to appeal not just to Timberwolves basketball fans, not just to NBA basketball fans. I wanted to appeal to anyone who just loves a good story. And so like I what I hope is that, you know, as it gains steam and as people really like dive into the background that he he had, you know, getting a gun pulled on him in Chicago and his mother trying to protect him and 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 moving him out of there and and things of that nature. Um, I want people to look at that and 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 have word of mouth travel and have some, uh, you know, have a grandmother in 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 the suburbs of Minneapolis just say, oh, I I don't ever read about sports, but I heard about this story and and I connect with it and it resonates with me and and so. Um, I always try to find those layers and and I always say like I want to put I want to put the people that you see on your flat screen TV into three dimensions. And so I, I always wanted to do that. Like I wanted to really tell his story, you know, who is this guy and why, you know, why did he come through in the moment like that? But then as the the more that I talk to him and and, and others around him, um the more unbelievable the story got just you know going back to you know being caught at target center and doing those things like now it's now it's a really special story and now it's a story that i think belongs in the fabric of the organization not you know in the history of the timberwolves like like that's a that's kind of a a story that really layers up a, a an or, or an organization and so you know i initially kind of planned to try and have something done early in the season but the more I talked to subjects, the more people I wanted to talk to who were coming up in these interviews. And I just needed, I just realized that there are so many elements to it that I needed to take my time and wait until I absolutely had it all the way surrounded before I put it out there. And then, you know, uh, once I kind of found all of these details and elements, I'm like, this story is going to play no matter if it's in January or if it's right after when he did it or if it's in two years from now. And so I became less concerned about the timing of it and more concerned just about doing it justice and writing it um, the right way. And like, so, you know, we dropped it a week after they played Memphis in, in January. I was hoping to drop it on the morning of a, of a Memphis Grizzlies game just to have that little bit of a tie to it just didn't work out and and we got it ready and then unveiled and and i think it you know i think it uh did its job all right well john did his job it's it's a must read uh it's called an nba security guard went viral how he got to that moment is even more remarkable google it go read it it's it was one of my favorite stories i read all year and i mean i could say that about any john k story but he's john krasinski andrew select is our producer that'll do it for us here on the daily ding We'll see you next time on The Ding. Ding, ding.